everyone, welcome back to B1 Bytes. I'm Jisheng and today I am with Lishi as well as our guests Cam Ensa from Startmate. Can everyone have a quick introduction of themselves? Hi everyone, I'm a podcast officer of B1 and I'm in my third year doing finance and econs. Hey, hey everyone, uh, I'm Cam, uh, so I'm the student fellowship associate at Startmate, so essentially trying to help more students enter the exciting world of startups. Um, thanks so much for having me, by the way. Thank you so much for your time and coming on the podcast and talking about your experiences. I think today we just wanted to gain an insight into the stomach program as well as how to foster a growth mindset among uni students and your own experiences in the startup landscape as well. So to kick us off, can you give us a little bit, tell us a little bit more about yourself, the general interview question? Yeah, no, <laughs> as well as tell us a little bit more about Startmate as well. Uh, love it. Yeah, feels like feels like we're in an interview here. Uh, um, so uh, in terms of my journey, um, I'm not going to go too far back. I'll keep it quite short. But yeah, I was born in South Africa when I was young, moved to um, Australia at the age of two. Um, uh, growing up, lived in Bendigo for a little while, which is like a small country town. Uh, not small, actually, about 100,000 people, uh, about two hours away from Melbourne before uh, moving to Melbourne um, when I was a teenager. Um, always really passionate about startups. Um, so sort of following that interest, uh, eventually uh, decided to um, uh, pursue commerce, like, as I'm sure a lot of people who are listening um, to this podcast now and into the future uh, will be doing so as well. Um, uh, the reason I chose commerce was I sort of heard from someone at the time that it's good to get a good breadth of knowledge, especially like around things like accounting and finance um, and, and a bunch of other um, different areas. Um, so I decided eventually to do like a business major there. Um, the reason I sort of pursued that was to try and get as much breadth of skills. Generally, like when you're in an early stage startup, um, you have to wear many different hats. So um, tried to get as many uh, different um, uh, skill sets as possible. Um, during my university days, um, never really knew. Uh, so back when I was like 18, I had this business idea, which I sort of pitched to someone, but um, never really knew how to tangibly get involved in the startup space as much. Um, so uh, I was really fortunate to come across a, a, a university group at the time called the Young Entrepreneurs Collective, um, which I think in some ways was like a, a predecessor to Business One. Uh, really awesome that there are organizations like Business One um, there to help support more students um, get involved in, um, in startup initiatives as well. Um, uh, following that, uh, really, yeah, obviously they really loved the startup space, um, got more and more involved, uh, went through the, the Wade Institute at the University of Melbourne, um, which is essentially sort of like an, an MBA for startups. Um, before um, trying my hand at a few different startups, including like a sports tech startup and a few e-commerce startups uh, before eventually um, landing at Startmate. Um, the reason why I uh, sort of took on the, the Startmate role, firstly, I uh, really connected with the company and the vision, um, a really community-minded organization um, who really like, cared about what they were doing and their, their impact on the wider 
um, startup ecosystem, but actually like people's lives um, first and foremost. Uh, but also uh, really connected with the role of actually trying to help more students get into startups. Um, like startups can be a really, really exciting uh, career opportunity for many people. So um, just uh, helping people actually find their feet in what is somewhat an ambiguous industry at times um, really resonated with me. And um, that's sort of where, we, where we're at today. I know a few people um, probably in business one have gone through the program that uh, we run here, but um, yeah, really wanting to, I guess, uh, upskill the next generation of um, awesome uh, individuals who are really talented uh, to really make the, the most impact in their career, um, which uh, I think for, for a lot of people can be in the, the startup space um, when you know how to best apply um, your ability and skills. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned earlier that you were interested in startups from a young age. What exactly about the startup space got you fascinated and how did you kind of recognise that interest and decide to pursue it? Yeah, it's an, inter- it's an interesting one. Um, I think uh, in terms of the initial interest, um, my family, like probably a few generations up, there, there were some entrepreneurs in, in the family. So I was always there. So, so it was always back of mind in terms of um, like this actually is an option. Um, tangibly getting involved, there was like a different thing altogether. Uh, in terms of like why I actually wanted to pursue this, uh, it was really like, I mean, we're only here on, on earth for such a, a short amount of time. Like, how do you, how do you make the most impact in that time that you have? And like, how do you um, grow as much as you can in a short amount of time? What's going to maximize your rate of learning? Um, and for me, like the startup space really embodied that, um, it embodied like the, the world that we want to create in 10, 20 years time. Like what are the companies that, that are going to revolutionize the way that we do things? Uh, so that's really what uh, inspired me to get involved. Um, I mean, like imagine working on something that you really love working on every day. Um, like that's what startups will enable you to do. Like working on something that you really love working on that can make an impact because at their core, startups are like scalable businesses. So um, they're dealing with, uh, you're, you're trying to create a scalable solution for, uh, depending on the market, like thousands, millions of people. Um, and then not only that, you can do that with a group of people um, who you love working with. Like those are all things that the startup world um, can offer. Um, and just like seeing that journey as well. Um, I think like that's a really exciting thing is you can often talk about like the end goal of being here, but like just going through the journey of, um, either starting a small start, starting a startup or like joining an early stage startup um, and really seeing the, the ride all the way through to the end um, and seeing like the different um, uh, stages of growth. Um, I think that is like a really fulfilling journey. And also um, in terms of a character development and, and how you will personally like learn through that process, um, like, I think that would just be an incredible experience. So um, I mean, a few different things sort of drew me across there. Um, but I mean, sort of to summarize, um, uh, personal like learning and uh, growth um, and the ability to make impact. And then also uh, it's, it's fun at the same time. I mean, you're, you're working on something you enjoy working on and you're um, sort of finding your, your way as you go along. Right. You mentioned that you joined Start, Start Me because of the shared vision you have with the company and yourself. What exactly is your role in StartMate and 
how do you help with Starmate with its vision, promoting its vision? Yeah, definitely. Great question, Lishi. Um, so my exact like, role title uh, at Startmate, and one thing to know about startup role titles is they change regularly. Like what you end up doing like in your initial job description will always like change quite a bit. Um, especially in an early stage company because you take on quite a few things. But uh, yeah, essentially, so my role is the student fellowship associate. So essentially uh, to help get more talented university students into the startup ecosystem, um, whether that's joining a startup, um, founding a startup, or actually learning about like investing in startups as well. Um, so what that looks like tangibly, obviously we do quite a few different things throughout the year, probably the, um, the key events, I guess that we run, um, are the student fellowships. So, um, the student fellowships, uh, run, uh, twice a year, um, where we have students from all across Australia and New Zealand joining, uh, where they get to learn from top, um, founders, operators, and investors who have gone, um, and done the journey before them. Um, and really learn from them and, and see how that, that can actually apply to themselves. Um, for instance, we've had uh, founders of a few um, unicorn companies, which means like the company's worth more than a billion dollars and it's still um, private. Um, we've had the chair of Tesla join us. Uh, we've had uh, young people who like started um, their own venture, venture funds at the age of like 2021. Um, a wide variety of speakers. But really, I mean, the most exciting part of the, the whole program is the, the community aspect. And I think that shows through regularly in the, in the feedback as well, is um, really everything, the best way to learn and, and, and the best, I guess, asset that Startmate can actually provide you, which our founders also see when they um, go through something like the accelerator, is the community. So uh, just the fact that you have a group of like-minded, really ambitious people who want the most out of life all getting together in the same room, like that is the, the most valuable um, thing we can sort of provide uh, beyond all the speakers and op other opportunities that come through the program. Um, obviously, like opportunities um, show themselves on the other side of the program. So like quite a few of our st uh, students have um, landed roles in startups. Um, some have gone on to found companies. Um, uh, and then others uh, have sort of been interested in the investing side, as I mentioned before, like starting up actual um, angel investing syndicates, which means essentially getting a group of people who are interested in investing together um, to help find the next uh, amazing generation of companies. Um, but yeah, really, really aligned with Startmate just in terms of, uh, I guess, that community model and really wanting to um, grow uh, awareness of the startup industry in Australia and New Zealand. Like it's a, um, I, I wouldn't be doing this unless I believed in it. And I really think a lot of, I think I really think it can be an exciting opportunity for a lot of people um, who do delve um, and dip their toe in. Like you, you'll learn more as you go along. And um, it's something that should at least, I think, be considered for a lot of people. Yeah, I definitely echo what you're saying there because going through the Startmate Fellowship Program myself, I've learned so much in the few short weeks that it ran for and it taught me like so much about just the different areas of startup that I'd never thought about, whether it's like product management or even like venture capital as well. I never like knew about that and through just listening to everyone speak, I was like, whoa, there's this whole other space that I've just never thought about. And how do you think 
the Start Made programs have evolved since the beginning and where do you see the program go in the future? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so just a bit of history with the, the fellowships themselves. So obviously we have the student fellowship. There are a bunch of other fellowships as well. So uh, the first fellowship, I think was like, I think it was around like five people. Um, and that was held back in 2019 or early 2020. Um, so that had uh, five people essentially who wanted to get involved in startups and upskill. Um, the next iteration of the, of the whole fellowship programs was the Women's Fellowship, which was looking at um, women who'd sort of entered the corporate space and trying to get them over into the startup space um, as like a, a bridge across um, to find like a more meaningful career. Um, the Student Fellowship was the, the next program that was sort of launched, and that was uh, the MVP version of that, which means like minimum viable product, so like the, the basic test version. Uh, was launched in uh, summer uh, of 2020, 2021, uh, before obviously the next few iterations of the, the student fellowship. Um, I think in terms of where it's going, uh, will be more, uh, I, I think in terms of what it's teaching, that will stay somewhat similar. I think um, the, the, the skill gaps really there in terms of like knowing what, um, what opportunities are in startups. I think that can still be, uh, I think that will still be a major focus uh, is like t learning more about startups and like the different opportunities there. Um, I think the, the big opportunity in the, the student space is really startup, Startmate has this amazing um, group of individuals in the community. So it's like, how do we best leverage the community to actually um, support each other? Um, so an example of this, I was just speaking to a founder last night they're really looking and they're going through the Startmate Accelerator. So the, the Startmate Accelerator, um, just for those who are tuning in, uh, we give $125,000 in return for 7.5% equity, uh, equity um, essentially valuing the company at $1.5 million. Um, now what that does is, uh, so these companies are, are going through the accelerator, but they're really looking for um, young, hungry, ambitious talent to, to join their organizations. So the opportunity for the, the student fellowship is, I guess, how do we connect up uh, better with the, the other parts of the Startmate? Um, so uh, in, in that instance, like how do we connect more job opportunities there? Um, we have an exclusive talent engine actually for people who've gone through the, the fellowship as well, where I know a bunch of people have landed um, awesome startup roles. Um, uh, also, like, how do we get students more connected with our First Believers program? So the First Believers program is uh, for those who are more interested in investing. Um, and I think I've just, yeah, just been on a meeting literally just before this um, about some exciting developments in the um, investing space for even students to, to find companies and um, actually receive some of the equity in, in those companies um, uh, through Startmate. And likewise, how do we actually help students along their journey if they want to become founders? How do we help them beyond the program um, to actually take those next steps and, and equip them with what they need to, to take the next step to actually um, get into something like the Accelerator or um, the, the Small Bets Fund, which is another um, fund that Startmate operates. So I think, I think, yeah, to summarize, I think the big opportunity is really in the, the synergies between the different parts of Startmate. Um, that's one thing that's really unique is the community, um, an amazing group of individuals. So how can we can best um, leverage those to, to try and find synergies in between? Yeah. 
It's amazing how much um, the program has grown throughout ever since it began, uh, it started. So you mentioned you focus on student fellowship program the most. And yeah, how have you found the experience of running the program? So was it trial and error at the beginning or you were pretty confident and, you know, this is what we're going to do and we have a formula to do it? Yeah, so with the student fellowship, um, so I mean, shout out to Anavav and Yan Zai who ran the MVP version back in 2020. Um, in terms of the the first like at scale iteration, uh, it was in terms of the process of actually working out what it should look like. Um, and I think this is how you should approach like any business as well. Um, so firstly, like you got to do a bit of customer discovery. So really like understand your customer well, um, which in this case were like students. So um, how do I understand like where they're at in terms of their knowledge of startups, what they want to learn about, what sort of opportunities do they want um, to have? Because um, if you, I mean, if you always build for the customer, you can create a, a great experience for, for students in this case. Um, so initially spoke to around 20 to 30 students um, on phone calls, um, all packed it into one week. <laughs> uh, a, lot of, a lot of phone calls. Uh, just really understanding where they were at um, and their perceptions towards the startup space. Um, based on that, could sort of develop a, a, um, a structure of the program that made sense. Uh, also using my own prior experiences as a student and like where I thought some of the, the issues were um, in terms of like what I know now versus what I uh, didn't know then about the startup space. So I'm really trying to fill in the gap and be aware there. Um, in terms of the other parts of the programming, I think uh, in terms of those more like practical skills of actually like going and doing something, um, they've sort of been developed through time. So things like the operators challenge where um, students were able to work on a, a problem set out by a company and, and it, it pretty much be part of like a hackathon. Um, then the founders challenge where um, students get the opportunity to actually pitch to VCs. We have that coming up um, next week, actually, for the, the previous cohort. And then the investors challenge um, of actually like getting, um, uh, getting involved in the whole deal sourcing and investment process. Those sort of evolved into the program through time, uh, purely because you can obviously learn a lot of stuff, um, but it's really like what you actually put into action that matters. Um, like obviously retention can sometimes be a bit of an issue. I'm sure you know that through uni. So I guess like how do we actually get students practicing some of the, the skills they've learned through the fellowship? Um, and then the big one also is like the, the alumni experience. So trying to hold regular alumni events, like we've got Startmate family drinks every month. Um, for to help grow students, um, I don't like using the word network, but like connections in the in the space um, uh, to help them really like open up as many opportunities and increase their surface area for luck to strike, as we like to say, um, for opportunities to come through their door. So uh, I think, yeah, I mean, it's been a, been an awesome experience uh, running the program though. So just met. Um, I mean, it's really inspiring for me always meeting um, hungry, ambitious students who are really doing um, awesome things. Like the, the best part for me is like really just seeing everything the, the student fellows get up to in the next five, 10 years. Uh, like I'm really excited to see where, the, where everyone um, ends up, um, whether that's in startups or not. But I just think like they're amazing individuals regardless and um, 
keen to see like what where people go like I think there'll be some great founders who come out of that group I think there'll be people who will take on major roles in startups and I think there'll be people who will go down the investment route but just like being in that um being in that early part of their process and like really um trying to back them in early I think that's that's been really fulfilling for me uh personally and um uh I guess just following along their journey and being able to help out where we can yeah would you say that's the most kind of rewarding part of your job and running the program yeah definitely do you have Um, any particular moments where you're like oh I'm so proud of you know everything that we've done in the past few years and are there any particular moments where you felt like that that you can think of yeah um I mean you always sort of get these constant reminders every now and then when people message you just saying like they've landed a, a job in a startup or um they they founded this company like you always sort of get these coming through occasionally like they they sort of come through on a a regular somewhat regular basis um I think also in the the feedback uh forms of the actual fellowship itself um just like really understanding like how this can be impactful for people that's always a really nice um a nice moment uh because sometimes just like when you're in the middle of running the program, you feel a little bit detached from the coal face just because you've got like, you could, there's obviously a lot to sort of manage. So it's really nice, like after the program to actually just um, like really try and connect with as many of the fellows who've gone through the program as possible and um, just hear about their, their own personal stories, sort of where they were at prior to the program, um, where they're at after the program and how, uh, how the programs opened up um, opportunities for them um i mean just recently uh, i just did a bit of like data cleaning around like the number of jobs that have been that fellows have um, landed in the in the startup and tech space generally and i think it's now at 170 um so i mean just like that's more of a quantitative figure but uh yeah to me i love the, the more of the qualitative um stories that come through just like people saying hey i landed this job or hey i've um got into this accelerator as the founder like um yeah that's that's probably the one of the most fulfilling parts for me wow that is amazing 170 um moving on to a different topic cam i think you're a really cool um public (laughs) speaker how how are you able to encourage such a large group of people whether it's like StartMet or just generally speaking to a big group of people to be um, engaged? And were you ever scared of public speaking? And if you were before, how did you manage to overcome that fear of speaking in front of a huge group of just strangers? Oh, I definitely need that <laughs> advice from Kev. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mean me personally or the speakers who come on? I think you personally. I think you're a great speaker. Uh, <laughs> uh, thanks for that. Um, uh yeah I mean to be honest like back in high school uh yeah I mean I used to okay back probably when I was 10 11 like when I used to get up on stage like in a school assembly like my leg used to shake a little bit you know like when you get the the shaking leg the the jitters um but to be honest it, it sort of comes down to like growth mindset um like it doesn't matter what how people perceive you I mean to be honest like even with this uh with this interview right now uh like I'm trying to trying to do my best to help people like it doesn't at the end of the day it doesn't really matter how people um perceive you like it doesn't bother me too much uh, as long as I know I'm putting my best foot forward um so just like knowing that 
like sort of enables you to just live as yourself. Um, so in terms of my process and in terms of more public speaking and that side of things, um, yeah, I mean, back in early high school, I was like a little bit nervous, um, but sort of wanted to keep pushing myself out of my comfort zones to so the, I guess the first step for me there was getting involved in, uh, my parents sort of pushed me to get involved in acting at one stage. So I had like four lines in the school play and then eventually like landed a, a bigger role and then a bigger role in, in like school musicals. Um, I do like a bit of singing as well. So then I tried singing uh, at a later stage in high school. And like the first time I had to sing in front of a, a public audience, like I was honestly so nauseous um, because you're singing as yourself in front of like a, a big crowd of people. Like it's not a, when you haven't done it before, it's, it's always a, a nervous moment. Um, but eventually at a certain point in time during that process, you just get so used to being outside of your comfort zone that it actually becomes comfortable in a way. Um, and I sort of hope to carry that forward, um, like whatever it may be, regardless in my journey is just, um, is just to be like comfortable with the uncomfortable, because I think, um, startups inevitably, uh, I mean, there's always some uncertainty involved and uh just being comfortable with that and like just knowing that you it like it's it's just sort of a, a constant learning process so i guess just like how to um how to enjoy that journey and how to not sort of feel the pressure from other people either um just for you to like be happy as yourself and, and really um i mean you sort of i mean you know yourself like you're just putting it like you can only you can only do what you can do. Um, you can put your best foot forward. And I think at the end of the day, also just be yourself, um, just be genuine and real with people. Um, at the end of the day, we're all just here to do the same thing. We're all just people living on a on an earth here for a short amount of time, wanting to live a, a meaningful and fulfilling life. So uh, just wanting to just understanding that and having keeping perspective, um, like bad stuff happens occasionally but it's not the end of the world so I just push through <laughs> yeah I really like that being comfortable with the uncomfortable and other skills that are really important when it comes to having a startup company is having a founder mindset so my question to you is how do you build this founder mindset through Startmate yeah great question um so I think even with the student fellowship itself so for people who don't even end up going into the into founding or necessarily into the startup ecosystem at all, um, we'd still sort of encourage them to have a founder's mindset. Uh, what we mean by that is um, first having like a, a mindset where uh, a growth mindset, which means you're not limited by what you don't know today. Like you don't put a cap on yourself. Like just because you don't know something today doesn't mean you, you um, won't be able to know it tomorrow. Like it's sort of that process and not capping your learning. Like it's sort of recognizing that you're on a learning journey and that um, you can get to, uh, to a destination if you sort of come across the right people, right uh, resources and, and sort of put time to dedicate there. That's the first part. So sort of that growth mindset. The second one is really having ownership. Um, when I talk about ownership, uh, so when I was given like the responsibility of doing the, the student fellowship and like running that program, um, I was sort of just said like, here's a program. We need to uh, run it hit this here and here. Um, the rest is up to you. Go, go and do it. Like you're sort of given the goal, 
and you have to sort of decide on how to get to that goal. You can always consult people. You can always learn from people as, and, and that'd be like highly recommended, but um, it's really about having ownership over the work that you do, like really tangibly um, having your hand on it and um, just really going through that process and, um, and just taking ownership for like whether, whether it's an experiment, whether it goes right or wrong. Like we don't really view experiments as failures ever because it's a constant learning process. Um, but really just uh, having ownership over what you do. Uh, the next one I just sort of just touched on there is having like an experimental mindset um, or like MVP mindset as we sort of refer to it uh, is like just, just ship it. So um, if you want to, uh, you can never build something perfectly. Like in a startup, you're always resource constrained um, in especially like an early stage startup. So I guess what can you do that's high, the highest leverage uh, and what experiments can you run to learn more about whether this is something that's worth dedicating more resources to or less. And uh, that's the whole idea of MVP, which means like minimum viable product. Um, so it's, it's essentially the idea of testing something with the minimal resources um, to learn more about it. Um, I think those three things really sort of combine. Uh, other things I think which are important for founders, um, so passion as well. So you're sort of passionate about the, the problem you're solving or the, the customer group you're serving. Uh, at the end of the day, if you're a founder, you sort of want to, usually if you take the, the venture route, um, you'd be on that journey for a while, sort of thinking like 10-year horizons at least. Um, so uh, the founder really has to be passionate about what they're doing um, and, and actually serving that group. Um, the second one is um, humility as well. So uh, quite often people might get quite stuck with their idea, like this is the way it has to be. But at the end of the day, you have to learn from other people. And the only way you can learn is by being humble. Um, like understanding um, where you're at today, but like, uh, I forgot the exact line. I think it's strong, strong convictions loosely held. So like you, you have strong convictions about something, but they're loosely held, like you're open to feedback, like this whole, um, a, re a really big feedback culture. So trying to get as much feedback as you can, whether that's your as an employee even, um, or whether it's from your customers always seeking more feedback because you want to uh, sort of improve. Um, and then I think the, the next one is you do have to like somewhat back yourself in as well. Like for you to sort of go on a founding journey, um, uh, you do have to back yourself. Like uh, it's hard to start a company if you, if you can't back yourself in, in the first place. So um, just backing yourself in, but that whole founder's mindset, um, uh, I think, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really useful whether you start a company or not, because I think it will help you within, a, uh, within an organization as well, because they're usually quite desirable um, traits. Um, and I think it, it'll sort of enable you to, to learn as much as you can and um, also progress through the, through the organization too. And moving on to talking about your own experiences in startups, um, can you tell us a little bit about whether you have founded a startup before or your experiences in working for startups? Yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, in terms of my own founding journey, uh, so the first 
startup I wanted to found was back when I was like 18. So I literally just finished high school. Um, and I, I didn't really know the process behind it at that point, but sort of just wanted to learn as we went along. So I ended up writing like a, I think it was like a 50 page uh, word, word document, like business proposal, um, like a more traditional one where you sort of go through pricing, technology, uh, very like your standard business proposal. Um, and then went to an investor with it. It was in the sports tech space, um, sort of looking to replace um, an administration system for local like grassroots sports. Um, the investor at the time, I think they were actually, yeah, they were actually working on the same idea at the same time. So it was like, a, it was a pretty funny meeting. Um, I think he could uh, relate to my enthusiasm at that, uh, at that stage though. So, um, definitely, uh, worth doing, uh, after that also did like an internship at pitch black, um, which was like a startup consultancy company, um, where, uh, I'm not sure if you know, Mr. Yum. So Mr. Yum's like a QR code, um, ordering platform. So Mr. Yum spun out of pitch black. So, um, did an internship there at a um, a new product concept they were were looking at at the time. Um, I was literally which was using then, sorry, I was literally using Mr. Yum like a, an hour ago to order my ramen. Ah uh, no, <laughs> yeah no, they're they're a great they're a great um, a great company, who I think have a really um, strong culture as well. But yeah, I mean you'll you'll sort of see Mr. Yum everywhere now. But uh, at, when I was back interning at, at Pitch Black at the time. Um, I think it was like there were very few people. It was like in a small little uh, office in Collingwood. So it's quite, it's been quite nice to see their progression as a company um, as well being, I think they raised $89 million um, towards the, the end of last year. Um, after that, uh, always wanted to start a company and um, still, still sort of do into the, into the future. Um, but uh, started a company through the, uh, through my program at the Wade Institute, um, as mentioned before, which is like an MBA for, for startups. Um, and, uh, worked with my co-founder who is actually, um, who I met based out of the Philippines. Um, the, the concept was really about, uh, bringing like professional sports down to, um, down to the amateur level. So what we were doing is we were installing cameras in, uh, amateur basketball stadiums, um, essentially, when players score traditionally, there's like a, a timestamp. So if a player scores, it goes to the scoreboard and it's uh, it says like this person scored at this time. So what we were doing is we were overlaying the, uh, the timestamped um, scoring opportunities with our footage, which would like automatically generate highlight reels for players. Um, at the same time, we were um, doing stat collection. So... Uh, I'm not sure if anyone plays like NBA 2K uh, who is listening to this, but essentially uh, players could have their own profiles like they would in a video game almost for their own local sport um, with their own stats. Um, and we'd be charging on like a per team basis. Good. Uh, I mean, had a decent amount of interest. Um, unfortunately, at the time, so we'd been working on it for like three, four months, but um, unfortunately... COVID sort of came in at that point and it was at a point where we could either push through or maybe uh, scale it back, run it um, and, and close it down just with like, with minimal loss. So 
decided for the latter purely because we weren't at a stage we'd, where we were comfortable at in terms of the the customer buy-in to um, push full steam ahead through the pandemic. Um, but uh, I mean, with with every storm, there's a there's a shining light, and then. Um, yeah, I was lucky to sort of find, find the, the StartMate role as well. In between that time, actually did a bit of consulting for some university accelerators. Uh, also um, tested, uh, like tried launching an e-commerce store as well um, during the, the pandemic. So more, um, I mean, for each of these was, obviously I was passionate about what I was doing, but um, great learning experiences. I think as with anything, uh, people rarely nail something on their, their first try. So uh, for me, it was also like just wanting to learn, like get a little bit better every time you, you do it. So um, as you do with like public speaking, same thing with like creating products or launching startups, like how can you get a little bit better so that the next time you do it, you know that next part of the, the trail. Um, and I'll definitely take those. I, I use those experiences now with, with when I work here and uh, I'll use those experiences if I, if I ever start a, a company in the, the future as well. Um, all the learning sort of um, add on to each other. Given your internships at startups before as well as doing consulting for startups, how would you kind of compare the culture at um, startup companies versus the culture at corporate offices? Yeah, good question. Um, so with, I mean, the first thing is uh, I probably wouldn't be able to speak with corporate offices as much because the, the consulting we did was more for university accelerators. Um, but in terms of culture at startups generally, uh, it'll obviously change quite a bit between startups. So, so like if you're trying to land a job at a startup, I think definitely you want to sort of sense check the culture ways you can do that. Um, obviously you can look at things like glass door reviews, um, try and speak to people who actually work for the company as well. So I have a coffee with um, people who work there, um, but cultures generally, especially, and sorry, it will also change at the different stage of the company as well. So like if you're an early stage company with quite a, with like a, a few people, it's going to be a relatively informal, like this is, I'm wearing a, I'm wearing a t-shirt today with like a, a lemonade on the on the shirt like like it's very it can be quite casual it's very authentic very real like just be yourself um as long as you sort of get the get the work done we're all it's it's sort of really like we're all here working towards this big ambitious goal um a group of highly motivated um individuals who who really want to see this through and really um take the the company to to the next level that's sort of what the culture is like in a smaller startup um there's quite a, there's not much structure. Um, like that's why you have to somewhat be like, you have to sometimes be comfortable with the uncertainty. Like there's not too much structure. And that's why having like an ownership, like that founders mentality of like having a really strong ownership over what you do is important because um, you're not going to be told to do A, B, C, D, E, F. You will say like, here's the goal. This is what we're trying to achieve. Like, can you help us get there at times? Um, and in terms of like the learning, it's probably a different learning sort of environment to a corporate. Um, so in, in, a, in a corporate, you might have more formal structures behind your learning, whereas the, the learning in startups is um, at times more self-driven, but also it's like being thrown into the deep end. Like you have so much responsibility. So we've had people who have taken internships where 
like on their third day of the internship, they're already like pitching to the small business commission in Queensland or, or something like along those lines. Like they were building an app feature, which actually got um, implemented in the app, like a few weeks later, like it's very tangible impact. So um, yeah, culturally uh, will change between companies, but, and I think the, you should always look at the founder as well, because generally the founder's personality or the CEO's personality is generally what filters through the, the organization. Um, but uh, I guess, yeah, always look at sort of the, the culture there, but also the stage of the company. The bigger you go, the more structured and specialized things will become. Um, but to be honest, I think the, uh, so Nikki Shavak, who's the founder of Startmate and um, uh, Blackbird as well, uh, founding partner of Blackbird along with um, Rick, uh, so he always says like, you should sort of look at a company between 20 to 80, 20 to 80 or hundred employees, ideally, um, because it's sort of in this range where it's quite stable. Uh, the company's usually raised between like 10 to $30 million. Um, they've got a bit of money under their belt. Um, so they're not going to, they're not going to fail. They've got money and resources to put behind you, but at the same time, you're quite close to the decision-making still. In a, in a larger organization, you get quite removed from some of the key decision-making, whereas in a smaller organization, you're, you're like in the room of decision-makers. You're quite connected to, to them. So um, I think that's a, quite a unique opportunity um, as, a, as a student. And then as the company scales, so like let's say you join when the company is 20, 30 people, and then that company goes to be, um, and they can actually grow at quite a fast rate, especially if they raise money. Um, let's say the company the next year is at 150 people. Um, you are now like one of the more experienced individuals in that team in terms of like your the length of your tenure. Like you'll have new individuals, people, people who are coming regularly. And that rate of company growth with your like rate of learning and like whether if you can really do well in your role in an early stage startup, like that will allow you to actually uh, progress through the hierarchy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, another way to put it, but um, quite quickly because you can, um, you essentially like ride the wave as the company grows. Definitely. And you mentioned earlier that you had a little bit of experience in consulting for Accelerator, Accelerator program? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, essentially, um, yeah, we had a bunch of uh, Accelerator programs who were interested in um, uh, learning more about uh, startups and like how to actually approach creating a business. So we worked with a bunch of their founders um, in terms of like some mental models to actually uh, approach founding a company. Um, I think, I mean, that was a, that was a great experience. Uh, it was sort of, uh, I mean, it was really fun because we got to do it with like a bunch of friends. Like we set up the, the consulting company together. So um, it was a really great experience in that way. Met awesome people through it. Um, a bunch who like are uh, like started some cool um, companies at the moment. Some who have like, uh, I think Paz was running like the RMIT activator at the time, who's now running the, the community collective, um, which is like a bunch of, which is like a, a group for people who are running communities. So now it's a really um, great opportunity and um, I definitely learned a lot through that as well. Uh, but yeah, sort of, I guess really helping I guess it's somewhat similar to the student fellowship in a way, but at a smaller scale. 
Yeah, now going back to student fellowship program, we have seen that there are a lot of reputable speakers that you have invited to the program. And how do you manage to get all these um, successful and reputable speakers to your program? Especially when you first started, how do you manage to get um, these people to join your program and make sure they um, get something out of yeah, it? Yeah, I think a um, no, great question. Um, so I think the first thing I'd just say is like, uh, giving your students like a lot, uh, a lot of people are actually like really willing to to help you. Like they want to see, like you're the future of um, this country. Like they they want to see you guys thrive um, the, to the best you can. And a lot of speakers sort of recognize that and really want to give back. They've gone through this journey themselves. Uh, they went. They all like a lot of them went through university. Um, a lot of them joined companies. Uh, a lot of them might have left the company at a certain stage and a lot of them might have started another company. Um, a lot of them have been through that journey and, and for them to be at, towards the, the latter stages of that journey, they, they're at a stage where they really want to give back um, to you and really help um, you along that journey as well. So I think the, the first thing is like really getting buy-in uh, in terms of the vision, like what, why are we running this program in the first place um, and really selling that vision uh, both internally and externally um, outside of the organization. Um, another thing that like is really important here is like um, Start Made in Blackbird um, have done a really amazing, I, I, I can't take credit for this, but they've done a really amazing job of cultivating um, an amazing community through, uh, through their existence, um, like always trying to support uh, founders and investors to the best they can and really... Um, being a, a, a beacon for um, supporting people in their startup journey. So um, I think that generated a lot of um, goodwill through time as well. Um, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of people who are really willing to, to help in the, in the community. So um, I think just being, and I, to be honest, I didn't realize the full extent of how amazing the, the start, start mate community uh, was until I actually joined, but um, it really is an incredible um uh, community and you, you might not even have full reach over like it's full uh, of how large that actually extends but they um yeah it's really just a combination of people buying into the the vision of what this is about um wanting to give back um to you and like wanting to see the best for your careers um and, and sort of recognizing that the, the startup space can be a really impactful area to get involved and sharing a bit of their own experiences and then also um sort of that community that's been fostered over the last like 10 years um through various people yeah. uh and now and now like we have more students involved as well and then they can get like in 20 30 years i'm sure the student fellows will be talking back to the to the next group i mean we even had some student fellows from like last year speak on the most recent student fellowship so it's always that's like a cultural thing about the startup community more generally is this idea of um, paying it forward. So like, like when you sort of go make it, you just give it back to the next generation. Cause it is a, um, it isn't the most obvious route always. Um, so people who do go through it always want to give back to those who are also um, taking that step as well. Yeah, amazing. And I think that community is so invaluable to everyone who's participated in Starmate as well. Um, we're really interested to get your opinion on the current startup landscape in Australia. And I think recently we've seen a downturn in startup investment. What do you think are 
like the causes that trend and do you think it'll recover yeah um i think yeah so first of all there has been a uh, a decrease in like the valuations of startups so um generally i mean just prior to the downturn there was quite a lot of money going around for the the number of startups who were getting invested in this led to um, increased like valuations um all like economic supply and supply and demand um obviously uh so like the global conditions of like interest rates rising um combined with a few other things um sort of puts downward pressure on those valuations uh my yeah i mean in terms of my opinion like so, so that will sort of uh, we've seen in some companies that's led to uh, big job cuts recently um we've seen some awesome initiatives in the startup space as well with like trying to get those people rehired in other startups. So sort of like sharing between the, the different um, companies. Uh, I think it's sort of just part of a cycle though, like it all, I mean, I think the valuations will return uh, at, at some point. I'm not too sure how long, like I'm not an economist, so I can't, can't give you <laughs> uh, numbers around that, but um, I think uh, the numbers will return. I mean, at the end of the day, like quite a lot of the large venture capital companies in Australia and New Zealand just did raise big funds. Like Blackbird raised a $1 billion fund um, uh, last year. So what that means is they actually have a lot of money to um, invest into startups. And like Startmates also raising a, a decent sized fund at the moment, um, which means we will be putting money into startups. Uh, and when people put money into startups, essentially what that means is, uh, I mean, the only way they can spend that money usually is like through like a big majority of that is through hiring people. Um, so, uh, I think, yeah, obviously a slightly more, uh, tricky situation at the moment. I think people are a little bit more conservative. So, uh, a lot more conservative with their revenue estimates, which will probably cause a, a downturn in hiring at the moment. Um, but in saying that, I think there are lots of amazing opportunities, even just speaking to founders last night, they're still looking to hire students. Um, and as I said, with like the learning environment as well, like um, actually being in a company with a downturn, uh, what the downturn does, by the way, so like it'll probably like decrease demand for the company's products, essentially at the end of the day, which then decreases their revenue projections slightly which means they have to be a little bit more careful with their costs that the, the costs don't outweigh the revenue too much. Um, and, and that will sort of cause the company to downsize slightly. Um, for companies who have sort of managed their cash flow a bit better, it shouldn't be too much of a, an issue. Um, but yeah, really, uh, I mean, there, there are a lot of great opportunities still out there. And for, for more from a founding side as well, um, usually, um, if you look through history, I think there have been a, a bunch of examples of great companies that are founded actually during a downturn. The downturn actually sometimes enables a competitive advantage for companies who are starting because they don't have all these high costs already. Um, and maybe there's some technolo technological changes and behavioral changes in individuals. Um, so maybe startups that help people make more money or cut, uh, or cut down their costs slightly um, 
will maybe thrive in this sort of environment. So it can actually open up more opportunities for founders who are really wanting to start innovative companies who might um, do well in, in that um, recession sort of economic environment. Uh, I think like Uber was started in a recession. I think Airbnb might've been as well. Um, so a bunch of like the big companies we know today were actually started during a downturn. Just out of curiosity, which type of startups are currently saturated right now in, in a startup landscape? So what are the trends that you have noticed? I don't know about saturated, but if you look at, I mean, to, yeah, with the idea of like creating a company, um, if, you, if you're starting a company, if you attend enough pitch nights, you always see the same pitch come up again. Like people always have the same ideas. Um, they're like so many buy now, pay later uh, apps and like uh, neo banking. Like you always have people creating new ones. It's more around like the, like the people and execution that matters a little bit more. So especially like an earlier stage startup, you're really backing the people to, to create it. So even if it's been done before, um, it's more about like, can these people actually pull it off and actually attract great people to join their organization as well? Um, <laughs> sorry, I got a bit of a cough now as well. Uh, we have seen more interest going towards like biotech recently as well. So quite a few, quite a bit more interest there. It's not saturated, but like Australia has um, some of the, the best like research in the world, medical research. And it's like, how do we actually go about commercializing that? Um, a lot of the uh, a lot of the research doesn't end up being commercialized. So how do we get, um, I guess, how do you get more of those uh, companies being created um, to actually grow Australia's industry there? Um, so you'll see, like, I think Blackbird um, uh, wants to dedicate a lot more time there. Likewise, um, with uh, we've got like Emily Casey, who's part of side stage ventures and also um, created like what the health, which is like a, a community group there, which is like looking more health tech startups. So I think that has become more of a focus. Uh, but to be honest, like if you look at Startmates investments and a lot of companies generally relatively industry agnostic, which means um, we don't, you don't really invest in particular industries. Um, some industries are more slightly harder to make money. in, so um like some apps with like a freemium model, like can like just depending on what industry they're in, like it can have smaller margins, like higher churn rates, which which can be a problem, like in terms of the figures. But um, you generally, uh, generally, it's like quite industry agnostic. It's more like in terms of getting investment, like you're uh, you really want to see this problem solved. You have a connection to the problem or the customer group. Um, you have really big ambitions. So the way the venture model, venture capital model works is, let's say we make 10 investments, six or seven of those, uh, Starmate has quite a good um, hit rate though. Like I think 60 to 70% of our companies are still alive. Like, but let's say, let's say for the sake of the example, um, six or so of those companies might end up failing. Um, let's say one, two to three might do all right. So they might just return the initial money. But then one company does exceptionally well. Now, that one company that does exceptionally well, um, that's what the whole venture model is built on because that one company returns the money for all of the other companies that might not have done as well. So for that one company to do exceptionally well, though, and for the whole venture model to work, 
the the companies that generally get venture investment, venture capital investment, um, generally have quite uh, big ambitions and like a uh, sort of like a global from day one mindset. So like, are they, are they attacking global markets? Are they attacking really big markets that if they pulled this off, they'd be able to, um, like if you look at Canva, right? Canva is being used all over the world right now. Uh, like how, you can keep it local, but it has to be a relatively big local industry. But um, yeah, so so that combination of like global markets, a, a founder who's really um, passionate and connected to the problem, and like can attract great talent, like once they actually get funding. Um, and then like a complementary skill set potentially between like the, the founders. Um, I mean, those sort of companies like will do well. And it, the industry doesn't matter as much, to be honest. Like Startmates invested in probably every industry you can think of. Uh, there's a whole list on the on the website. Like if you go through the alumni companies and it's got each industry. And I don't think you'd be able to find many industries that haven't been invested in. Wow, that's amazing. And I think that's a great way actually to wrap up the podcast episode. Cam, I just wanted to thank you so much for coming on today and giving us your time so generously. And I think all of us, both me and Lishi and the listeners have learned so much through you talking about your experiences, um, your role in Startmate, the Startmate programs, as well as just sharing your general opinion on whether it's public speaking or the general startup landscape it's been so helpful and we really really enjoyed talking to you so thank you so much for taking the time to come on and share all your insights yeah no problem at all it's been great um joining so yeah thanks so much for having me as well yeah excited to see see where you guys go as well um in terms of your own uh, career trajectories if anyone's listening wants to like uh connect with me on uh, I don't know if uni students use LinkedIn at this stage, but uh, if you're on LinkedIn, uh, feel free to connect with me there uh, or Twitter. I think Twitter's less popular, but for some reason, quite popular in the, the startup space. But um, thanks everyone, been, been great uh, uh, being involved. So thanks for, thanks for having me. Yeah, and thank you to everyone for listening and thanks to Lishi for coming on and helping me coordinate this episode as well. Amazing, see you guys next week. See you later.